Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. And of course, I am joined by Larry and Kim today, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. Today's show is a continuation of the segment of, the, of Managing to Make a Difference, uh, Larry and Kim's book, and it's really focused on shaping your culture. Today, we're going to discuss how to handle gossip, rumors, uh, when people leave, and, and negativity about people who, who aren't present. So, Larry and Kim, let's, let's go ahead and get started. I, I really I was thinking about two different questions to, questions to really kick us off, and the first was really, why did you include a discussion about hearsay, rumors, and gossip in your book? And of course, second, then what's the difference really between gossip and hearsay? Aren't aren't they really just the same thing? So I'll I'll turn it over to Larry and Kim. Uh, yeah, they might be. Let, let me start with the my response to your last question: Is gossip and hearsay the the same thing? It it might be, and I I don't want to get too hung up on making. Uh, fine uh, semantic distinctions. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's better to talk about the substance uh, of what we're doing, but they could be the same. And uh, so, uh, but some people are going to uh, respond better if, if we say hearsay, they get it, or other people gossip, they, they, they get it that way. Uh, and rumors are the same thing. I, I'm not sure there's a big distinction there. I know, Kim, do you, do you want to make a distinction? I'm not worried about the distinction. I, I like the question of why is it included, and I'll remind our listeners and, and all of us that these are the last few chapters in a section that's focused on shaping your culture, and we all know the power that hearsay can have in a culture if you allow it to, so that's why it's an important part of this book. And it, it, unfortunately... It's present in just about every culture where there's a group of human beings, you get gossip. Uh, And when you're a leader or a manager, you have to be vigilant about identifying uh, and, and making a distinction between gossip and good information about reality. And, and I, I'm hoping that uh, our listeners have played the telephone game. And if you haven't played the telephone game, to describe it very quickly, is you get a group of people, let's say 10 people, and you just stand them in a line. And you give the first person uh, a, uh, a message such as, I've heard that the very important department is going to be laying off 10% of its people. And you say that to the first person, and all that happens is the first person then turns around and whispers it in the ear of the second person. The second person turns around and whispers it in the ear of the third person. And by the time it gets to the 10th person, you ask a 10th person to say out loud what the message is. And the distance between the original message and the message as delivered by the 10th person is jaw-dropping. And that's what happens when you get hearsay, rumors, or gossip. So when somebody gives that 
message, as I said, what happens is there's distortion. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. I apologize. (coughs) I'm going to drink some water. I learned how to do this by watching President Trump recently. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about what happens with that distortion. So the distortion just increases the more people who um, have the opportunity to participate in this passing of the message. And so as a manager, you have an opportunity to stop it in its tracks. Um, And it's really important that as a manager, you sort out when you're hearing something that really is hearsay, Tom said that Dan said, and you say, you know what, I have no idea what Dan said. I don't even know what Tom said because I'm talking to Sally. And, And recognize that there's probably some lack of fidelity in the information that's about to be passed on to you. And it could be entirely unintentional, but it's still... Absolutely, yeah. But that's what you're dealing with. And and so the point we want to make is to make managers to raise your awareness that when you are hearing hearsay, uh, don't act on it. Don't take it as fact that this person said X or this person did X. If you didn't hear it, if you didn't see it, what you're getting is hearsay. And to go around repeating that to other people or even worse, acting on it as if it were true, you are going to be doing yourself a disservice and you're going to be doing your organization a disservice. And I know many of our listeners have heard, uh, I I think Kim said you're talking to Sally, have heard Sally say, Tom said X, and you yourself have gone to Tom. And you said, Tom, I hear you said X. And 100% of the time, I assure you, Tom's reply to you is, no, I didn't say X. Because there, there was that distortion, there was that lack of fidelity, even if it was unintentional. But the, the distortion was enough to change the message in a material way. And, and so Tom will then deny it. Then you go back to Sally and you say, Tom denied it. And Sally then goes to Tom and says, oh, you can you deny, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And this is completely unproductive behavior. You, you know, you're wasting your time on this. But in, in many organizations, this is happening. And people are, are being uh, labeled in certain ways. They're being distorted. They're, they're, being, um, uh, they're being done a disservice by all of this gossip and and uh, you know we're seeing this right now in society where things are being posted on social media and nobody bothers to check their veracity they just repeat it they retweet it sounds good to them they retweet it it serves a purpose for them to get that message out but it may have no relationship with reality and and but long before we had social media this has been going on in organizations of all stripes and you can decide not to participate in it if somebody comes to you and says sally said that tom you know said or whatever uh you can just not act on it you can go about your business as if that person didn't tell you anything 
And, and uh, you know, I once had uh, my HR director, then uh, this is in the early 90s, which is an important, it's important for, for us to put it into that social context. She came to me and she said, I just want you to know that one of our waiters in our fine dining room has HIV. Now, this is in the 90s where a lot of people uh, weren't as enlightened as we might be today about that. And uh, she said, I can't tell you who because that would violate the confidentiality uh, that we all need to to uh, honor around here when it comes to uh, my knowing about employee illnesses and so forth. But I just wanted you to know. I said, what, what do you expect me to do with this information? I'm not going on a witch hunt to find out which of the waiters might have HIV. And I was reminding myself, just because she was saying that didn't mean it was true. Uh, and, you know, she just came in to gossip. There was, there was nothing I could do about it or should do about it. And she knew that. But, uh, you know, there's too much of this that goes on in an organization. And we, we so we're encouraging managers don't participate. Uh, if somebody comes and tells you that, or I've got a problem with this person or that person, send them to that person. Sort of the cultural equivalent to fake news. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it might not be fake news, but my, our point is, Kim and, Kim, Kim and I, our point is, you can't tell. And so because you can't tell, there's nothing you should do with that. You shouldn't repeat it and you shouldn't act on it. And if you can encourage people to start doing this, I don't think you can shut it off 100%, but I think you can make your culture healthier by discouraging people from doing this. And, and because if you don't reward them by acting on it, sooner or later, they're going to know, eh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say this to Larry because, you know, he, it's not going to have any impact. So are there, are there any other tips and tricks to, to help people thwart off chasing hearsay and gossip and, and those sorts of things? Well, Kyle, I want to point out what's in most of the chapters in this book, we have a lesson and an experiment. And in this case, I want to talk about the experiment for just a moment because there's a really powerful question that's step one of the experiment. The next time someone brings you third-party information, ask that person why they are telling you this. And that simple question, so why are you telling me this, can stop them in their tracks and make them think about, okay, what is it, do I want, I'm asking, I'm telling Larry about this, do I want Larry to do something about this, or do I just want to tell somebody this? Um, and it, it's a very gentle way uh, to make people more aware of what they're doing, and it also stops you from immediately responding to what they're telling you. And, and as many of our listeners will know, uh, Kyle and Kim and I work for Talent Plus, and a major part of our business, in fact, the core of our business is studying managers and leaders by interviewing them. And this lesson that we're teaching now comes from our interviewing and listening to how top performing leaders behave. This is what they tell us, that they don't put any stock in this. And in fact, they just ignore it and go about their business. 
So um, as we, we're getting ready to go into a break here in just a minute or so, and what we're going to do is we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about uh, this topic, more about chasing hearsay and gossip and uh, you know, being negative about people maybe who, who leave an organization. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure our, our listeners know is that, hey, we're here to answer questions too. So if you want to interact with uh, Larry and Kim, you know, you probably don't have any good questions for me because I'm just moderating, but Larry and Kim are experts. Um Click on uh, the email host button just above the podcast description, and we'll answer your questions as they come in. We're, we're really interested in giving feedback uh, to our listeners and providing some insights for maybe their management conundrum they may be dealing with right away. Also, if you haven't booked your Santa Claus or your motivational speaker or whoever that might be for your holiday season, Larry Sternberg may be available. I don't know if he's got a... Uh, a Santa Claus suit or not, but I think he would be willing to come to do a motivational speech or a speaking engagement on managing to make a difference or some other uh, fun, exciting presentation, uh, maybe in Santa Claus garb, maybe not. Uh, but if you're looking for a great speaker, in, in all seriousness, uh, a great uh, leadership discussion that, that Larry is a great facilitator, um, his calendar is almost full for the rest of the year. So give us a call. Uh, we'd, we'd love to, to send Larry out to your organization uh, for, for your, your holiday holiday or your, your semi-annual, whatever might be coming up. I, I do have a Santa Claus suit and I ring a bell, I have a bucket, this is how I make my bonus. I'm not with the Salvation <laughs> Army, but I put a suit on, people give me money. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here, folks, um, and we'll be right back with more from Larry and w- from Kim uh, to talk about rumors, hearsay, and gossip. So, uh, just a few minutes, we'll, we'll talk to you then. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
Well, welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. Now, if you're just joining us, we've been really focusing on shaping your culture and specifically uh, talking about rumors, juicy gossip, hearsay, and, and, and all of those elements that happen in a culture, uh, especially when you kind of work with the old telephone game. You know, Tom said that Sally said or did this or whatever it might be. And what we've really been talking about in our first segment is how you can uh, really thwart that, knowing that if you're reinforcing the behavior by spreading those rumors or asking more questions or really, you know, you know those sorts of things, um, you're really reinforcing it and we need to stop doing that uh, you know, when you when you chase rumors and gossip and those sorts of things, it's sort of that a cultural equivalent of fake news. And we want to talk about ways you can actually stop chasing that. Um, and and really, when I think about that, Larry and Kim, what do you think is maybe the the number one or the the best way to thwart this sort of behavior? What would you recommend to our listeners? Go ahead, Kim. Well, I'll go back to that first question, which is, why are you telling me this? I think that is a a very effective first step. The second step is, you know, when someone's talking about someone else, um, part part of what you need to encourage them to do is they need to be talking with that person about the issue that they have. They shouldn't be triangulating. They shouldn't be bringing you into it or anyone else into it. Ideally, they're talking with that individual Um, one-to-one about their issue. Now, if that's failed, then as their manager, for them to come to you and seek guidance on what to do next is a perfectly legitimate thing to do. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, I I had the occasion to work with uh, one of the very senior partners of Accenture, which is one of the largest and and most prestigious consulting companies uh, in the world, and this senior partner, when when uh, offered this kind of information, literally just said, I'm not going to entertain that. Uh, we're not going to have this conversation. I mean, literally just stiff-armed, uh, verbally stiff-armed the, uh, the entire conversation. And, and, you know, that I saw that happen a couple of times. One individual uh, did this a couple of times with that uh, senior partner, and they never did it again because they realized that's what that person was going to say if they were bringing uh, hearsay and rumors to this person, uh, it was literally going to get stiff-armed. So you can just say, I'm, I'm not going to participate in this conversation. And I think another important thing is we're encouraging people, model this. When you are spreading rumors, when you are repeating hearsay, you are not earning moral authority. You are not increasing the respect that your people have for you when you do this kind of thing. And you need to you need to remember that. So one way to shut it down is model proper behavior. Yeah, I remember I was I was at lunch one day and, and some uh, this is many, many, many years ago and, and the individuals that, that I remember aren't aren't here anymore, but you know, they were they were gossiping a little bit about an individual and and I was really bothered by it, and I and I just said, "Hey, let's not let's not continue this conversation." I, I did it in a a soft sort of way, but I said, "You know this, you know this is not productive. Let's not have this conversation. This person isn't here. Uh, let's you know let's just not talk about that anymore." You guys okay with that? You and and really got them to 
to sort of realize what they were doing. Um, and sometimes people, you know, they get themselves in the habit that, oh, you know, the intrigue of it all. And I was like, yeah, this isn't productive. Just stop. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's not overtly confrontational like your your verbal stiff arm, but it certainly shut the conversation down. Well, I think it's it's not not hard, but not everybody likes to you, do it. You're just reminding me. I uh, in a former life when I used to practice law in Washington D.C., I, I I was in a carpool uh, on the way to work, and and uh, one of these one of the individuals in the carpool started talking about the fact that the day before. He had seen one of our colleagues' wives, and she happened to be a stunningly beautiful woman. He had seen her having lunch with another man, not her husband. And he started talking about this, and uh, you just reminded me. I had to say, excuse me, you have no idea what was going on in that lunch. They could have been friends. They could have been business associates. They, they, I mean, there, there are a million explanations about why this was perfectly acceptable. And by the way, they were doing it in public. And for, for it's just not appropriate for you to start uh, creating doubts about what might have been going on uh, in that in that particular interaction. And sometimes people just enjoy stirring this stuff up. So, you know, the next chapter of the book is chapter 61. And we talk in, in this one, you're really focusing on speaking positively about people when they're not present. And, and obviously that goes to the same point that you're talking about, Larry. But, um, you know, what's the value of that? We're, why did you include this chapter in, in managing to make a difference, well, and how is it different from the, the gossip and hearsay? Well, it's a specific instance of gossip and hearsay. Okay. And it, it again, it happens too often. People will go out for a drink after work, and they'll start doing what you were talking about when you said you, you shut that down. They start talking negatively about one person and then everybody wants to you know jump in you get the piling on oh yeah well that and that and that and one of the things that happens is I want to address the question of how do human beings come to believe the things that they believe and sociologists who have studied question would you mind answering that yeah I'm going to answer okay great sociologists uh, that I've read that I've read who study this say that one of the main ways all of us come to believe whatever it is we believe is that we keep hearing somebody say it. And when we're very young, it's, it's our parents who say it, and they wouldn't lie to us, and we believe what they tell us. And as we progress in life, we have a circle of friends. They might be on Facebook. Uh, they're friends in real life. And the more you hear somebody say, that guy is a miserable son of a gun. And you might not know that guy, but the more people who say to you, that guy's a miserable son of a gun, at some point in time, you become to believe that guy's a miserable son. And it's not conscious that you just keep hearing this. This is why advertising works. Right. Um, and, and so as people talk negatively about one of their coworkers or anyone else in their life, uh, for that matter, uh, the more that that's repeated, uh, and then it becomes gossip, of course. Right. The more it gets repeated, uh, the more likely it is people are to believe it. And then what happens is you get the phenomenon, that, uh, the, well, uh, the well-researched phenomenon called uh, confirmation bias, where now I believe this is true. So as I observe 
this particular individual who we know is a mean son of a gun, as I observe him, things that confirm my point of view that he's a mean son of a gun, they get in. They get in my brain, and that's the confirmation. Things that don't confirm it don't get in my brain. They just pass on through, and and that's what confirmation biases. And this is part of the way our brains are wired. And it's, it's, it's important to be vigilant against that. But this particular narrow instance of gossip was taught to me by Horst Schultze, one of the great living hoteliers, uh, former COO of Ritz-Carlton. And I'm going to just tell you the way he told me and a group of people we were with. He said, listen, here's what happens. You're at a conference. And you say, boy, this person who reports to me did something stupid. And you're out there and somebody somebody says that and they tell a story. And then somebody else gets competitive. Well, you think that was stupid. Let me tell you what somebody who reports to me. Let me tell you what they did. And all of a sudden, everybody is talking negatively about people who they work with. And he said, now you leave there and you remember that they talked about Joe. But he said, a year from now, you don't remember what they said. You don't remember why you believe it. But you have a negative feeling about Joe. And you and that stays. He said, but you can reverse this and you can, so if people are, are talking negatively about somebody, you can find positive things to say about them. And you can say, well, gee, it's too bad your people are doing such stupid things. My people are geniuses. Let me tell you what, <laughs> let me tell you what this person did. This is just unbelievable how good this was. And, and he said, and the same phenomenon will happen. Those people will leave, and let's say this person's name was Shirley, and you've, you've talked up how great Shirley is, and a year from now, they, if they hear Shirley's name, they'll have a positive point of view. They won't remember why anymore, and they won't remember the specifics of the conversation, but they'll just remember, hey, Shirley's a good person. So he said, in our organization, when we go to a conference or when we go out for drinks, we're going to say only, if we don't have what our mother taught us, if we don't have something nice to say about somebody, we're not going to say it. And that's the way we're going to support each other. And that's the way we're going to support our company. And that's the way we are going to be. And it would serve everyone well to take this lesson. So positive confirmation bias. Yes. I might add to that that when you... Next year comes around and it's time to go to that conference again, and you can't go. What are those people going to be saying about you? What's that conversation going to sound like when you're not there? Yeah, people seem to have a delusion that if somebody talks negatively about their colleagues and associates, that that the per I'm exempt. Yeah. They wouldn't say anything negative about me. They'll say it about everybody else, but not me. You're not exempt. Don't have that point of view. That's just that's just not reality. If they're doing that to other people, they're doing it to you. So we're getting ready to go into a break again here. Um, you know, we'll be right back in just a few minutes with some more insights from from Larry and Kim. Maybe a few more stories as well. You know, a lot of our listeners have asked about some additional materials uh, to help them with their own practice of managing to make a difference. So we've made a lot of uh, a lot of the supporting materials available from the book available on a microsite. That microsite is www. 
managetomakeadifference.com. So you can go to that website. You can download more information, supporting documents on, on the various topics from uh, from the podcast as well as from the book. Um, and if you've got more questions, we'll probably be happy to answer those for you as well. So send us an email uh, and we'd be happy to help you with, with those questions you might have. Also, if you're looking for a way to get um, additional books, you're thinking now Thanksgiving, presents, maybe you're thinking about holiday gifts for your stocking stockers, stock, stocking, yeah, stuffers. stocking stuffers. Um, if you want to order bulk books, um, you can get a 20% discount by going to uh, 800ceoread.com. If you order more than six books, you get a 20% discount. So check that out. Um, it might help you out with uh, finding that hard-to-find gift for that person on your holiday shopping list. So uh, there's no Black Friday special, but uh, I'm sure with the 20% discount, it would be just like that. Uh, we'll be right back in just a few more minutes uh, to talk with Larry and Kim about managing to make a difference and how to speak positive about people when they're not around. So uh, hold on. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths. They help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. If you happen to just be joining us, uh, we've really been continuing our discussion on shaping your culture. Uh, And we've really been discussing 
a couple of different chapters in Managing to Make a Difference, Larry and Kim's book, uh, chapter 60, 61, and, and we've got chapter 42 we're going to introduce as well. Um, and really what we've been talking about is not chasing rumors, gossip, hearsay, those sorts of things, and how the impact of, of speaking positively about somebody uh, can really affect you and your team, uh, knowing the reality is that you – um, you, you, if you go out one night or, you know, people are starting to speak negatively and you're jumping in on the bandwagon and piling on around gossip and negativity, and, hey, you're, you're not immune to this when you're not around as well. You know, you're not exempt in any sort of way. So if you're not around, what are they saying about you? Uh, and, and how is that reflected? Um, you know, the, the one thing we did talk about was that number one way to, to thwart this sort of behavior. And, and the biggest thing is just sort of throwing up the verbal stiff arm, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, discuss this information. I'm not going to entertain uh, this gossip or hearsay that you've been talking about. And that being one way to really shut down hearsay and gossip uh, and those sorts of things, knowing that Again, uh, the research that soci- sociologists have done around confirmation bias, you know, the more often you hear negative comments about somebody, the, the more it reinforces it and becomes a belief. But that also happens on the converse when people are talking about positive aspects around people and situations. The more they hear it, the more the messaging. You know, that's why marketing works, of course. Larry brought up that point. Um, so as we, we move a little bit further then in, into the show, I, I really want to know about some of the other things, uh, the other tactics that somebody can can use to help reinforce this positivity, to help sort of thwart the gossip and the hearsay. Um, so Kim and Larry, I'll turn it over to you. Well, the, every chapter has an experiment that helps the reader transfer the lesson into what am I now going to do differently? And so I'm going to read you the experiment where we're recommending here. It's got four steps, and the first, I'm just going to read it to you. Number one, when you're out with associates or when you're in a meeting, just don't speak negatively about people who are not present. Don't you do it. Uh, And in fact, if other people are starting to do it, find something positive and true to say about that person under discussion. Or uh, three, step three is change the topic if necessary and do what Kyle said he did. Say, come on, guys, we don't we don't have to talk about people behind their back. We're, we're better than that. And and let's talk about let's change the topic and then keep doing this. And after six months, reflect on what you've learned. Uh, is there less negative talk about people when you're present? I predict there will be because people will know you stand for better behavior and and you will correct people. You don't have to be mean about it. Um, and do you think your people have noticed that you support them when they're not present? This gets back to people. Uh, so if, if you're talking positively about someone when they're not present, it won't get back to them every single time. But from time to time, somebody else who was in that group to whom you're talking it will get back to that individual that you said positive things about them and, and possibly even when, and defended them. That happened to me um, here at Talent Plus. When I first started at Talent Plus, I was, you know, as a consultant, just getting started working with clients. And I was partnering with one of our senior consultants. Um, and we were doing some training. And, and um, she had said, hey, Kyle, did you tell X clients to, to do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like... 
gosh, I no, I don't know why I would do that. You know, it was something that I just wouldn't do. And she's like, you know, I, I told him the same thing. I said, Kyle would never say that. You know, they, they'd said I had. Kyle would never say to do that. Um, let's just focus on how we can fix this or do whatever we need to do to move forward. And when she told me that, and I was like, well, thank you for having my back because I would have never done that. And it felt really good to, to know that, a, that person trusted me to, to do the right thing in that sort of situation, but then to B, uh, B they they reinforced that by saying, you know, Kyle would never say that, But and then I found out about it. So I, it really built an awful lot of trust between me and that individual, and I think the power of what we're talking about, you know, only speaking positively about people and, and you know, reinforcing what's right versus what's wrong um, – Builds trust, and I, and that's it, really powerful. It builds trust. It builds moral authority. Yeah, and it gains respect. And I want our listeners to think about people you know in your life. Those people, and it's it's only a handful who you can say, you know, that individual never says a bad word about another person, uh, and and how you. Th- so for those handful of individuals who you could say that about. Think about how you think about those individuals as people. Uh, so you could be one of those people. Well, right. let's wrap that back up to culture because what you're doing is you're shaping, modeling, walking the talk of a culture that's appreciative and <clears throat> affirming and focused on success. You know, I just had a great example of this happen this week. Um, Larry was telling me about an event he was at where one of our, our associates was speaking, and he was saying, wow, Cammy just did such a great job. She's just such a great presenter. And I had the opportunity that day, which is pretty rare, to actually talk to Cammy. And I said, gosh, were your ears burning? Because I heard so many great things about how you did at this conference that you were at. And what a great, what great kind of stuff to be circulating through your organization in contrast to the negativity that comes with gossip and hearsay. Well, and there's plenty of negativity in, in our world the way it is. You know, you, you know, open up the newspaper or turn on the you know, news radio or, or cable news, whatever. There's just a lot of negativity. Everything is bad you know and, and the huskers aren't winning either and that's even worse and you know that sort of thing so it's it's one of those things where focusing on the positive focusing on what's right and i don't mean it in a you know rainbows rainbows and butterfly sorts of way but in a way where you're focusing on what's right versus wrong you know, we, we talked about it in terms of managing people you know focus on their strengths versus their weaknesses again it's it, it's cultural uh, reinforcement let me explain the huskers reference oh, for those yeah. of you who don't know we're in lincoln nebraska home of the sometimes celebrated uh, yeah, not lately. Uh, corn huskers and so what's right about them kyle uh what's right about them is uh you know We've got a new athletic director, and, and he seems to be a really, uh, really great guy with his head on his shoulders. Our head coach is a really nice guy. He's a very nice man. Um, doesn't seem to be a winning coach and having a winning plan. However, he's a really nice guy. Okay. So you said some good things yeah. about the team uh, for and which I you would be like targeted. We have a yeah. large group of young men who love their school and want to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes people forget to treat college football players like 21-year-old kids <laughs> instead of like yeah. professionals. 
Well, yeah, you are exactly right. Yeah, but but that's an example of what we're talking about. And and we all know, and you know these people, there are people who just like to stir up the excrement. Oh, yeah. And oh, so much intrigue. And yeah, they're, they like a lot of drama. Yeah. And for every one of our listeners, you can make a choice. You can decide not to be one of those people. You can de- decide to discourage those people uh, and, and really contribute to the health of your culture while gaining, while gaining important moral authority for yourself. So I've got a question. What happens then? Let's say let's say one of your very best people leave your organization, and you know it was one of the top performers, exceptional performance. People, you know, they they made everybody's year. You know those sorts of things. What happens if you know one minute they're a top performer and and can do no wrong, and then they get an opportunity at another organization that just they they just can't turn down, and so they decide to take it and they leave, and then all that positive stuff that was said previously or believed about the person now turns into negativity about them because they left. Yeah, that's an interesting phenomenon. It happens in organizations all the time. How do you address that? Yeah, that that's a specific instance. So talking negatively about people who aren't present is a specific instance of gossip. And talking negatively about people who resign is a specific instance of talking negatively about yes, people is. who aren't present. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's not just, I know we, in the book, we focused on doing this to top performers and that's the way you phrase your question, but it's really anybody who resigns. So suppose, uh, you know, coach Riley resigns tomorrow and uh, from the football team and, you know, there's no reason to speak negatively about about him or about so it's anybody really not just top performers but it's so glaring sometimes when somebody is a top performer and the boss is speaking so glowingly about them and then they get a great offer uh, and they move on in their career and all of a sudden the boss is speaking negatively about them is is and and don't do this (laughs) I mean it's like the other things we've been saying don't do it it's unnecessary and you know we understand that when you're the boss and you have a top performer and you've been investing in that person and you've been mentoring that person and all of a sudden, wham, they leave you, this is a breakup. I mean, there's a relationship there in many cases. It, they're breaking up with you. They're deciding they'd rather go with somebody else. And, and we get it. It's a rejection. It's, it's not something that is generally pleasant, particularly when a top performer resigns and bad-mouthing them, all that accomplishes is it makes you look bad and, and appropriately so. Uh, so you can just not do that. And, and you, you know, we're moving toward a break here, but when we come back from the break, uh, one of my hot buttons it, it deals with people who are resigning but also with people who are looking around. And I want to talk about whether that is disloyal uh, and and how a manager or a leader should properly deal with a situation where they find out that somebody is looking around. Okay, so when we come back then, we'll talk more 
with Larry and Kim about uh, when top performers leave uh, and how to deal with that and react with that. So um, I know uh, everybody is looking for some information, you know, maybe to share with their, uh, again, with their associates or maybe they're mentoring somebody. Again, I think managing to make a difference would be an excellent uh, gift for an up-and-coming leader, up-and-coming manager or supervisor, um, you know, or you could invite Larry to come out and be one of your speakers uh, to help you, uh, you know, through that, that holiday transition to, to get people jazzed up and ready for the new year. Uh, so think about inviting Larry to come out for a speaking engagement. Uh, again, as I said, he does probably have a Santa Claus suit, so if you're looking for him uh, to do an impersonation, you could probably do that as well. So um, we'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more with Santa Larry and Kim. Uh, Have a great uh, few minutes and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. Today has really been devoted to shaping your culture and specifically rumors, juicy gossip, hearsay, and handling negativity about people after they leave. And and before we left uh, our last segment, really throughout most of the show, we've been talking about how to deal with this negativity around hearsay and gossip and or when somebody leaves. And you know, knowing the reality is that as an individual, you're not exempt 
you know, you are not exempt from people being negative about you when you're not around. Um, and so if you're negative about people around others, uh, just think how people might be talking about you when you're not around and how can you really adjust that behavior. And, and the number one thing is just not participate in it. Um, and when it comes alive in front of you to, to stiff arm it, you know, stop it in its tracks. So, yeah, I'm not going to participate in that sort of gossip or hearsay. You know, we just don't have those sort of facts. It's just cultural fake news, so to speak. You really want to discourage that sort of behavior and, and how can you reframe uh, the conversation mostly. And right before we left the last segment, Larry was talking about one of his hot buttons, uh, which is really around when people start looking around for new jobs or new careers or opportunities uh, and how to handle that situation. So, Larry, I'm going to turn it back over to you to, to continue that conversation. It, it, thank you. And in many cases, uh, when a manager finds out one of their, particularly when one of their top people is looking around, they, they're hurt. Uh, and, you know, you just don't have to feel that way about it. You can reframe what's going on. And and, and that means you're not going to talk negatively about them because you're not going to resent that and you're not going to uh, speak negatively to them about it uh, and discourage that behavior. Here's what, and I know that a lot of people will not agree with my point of view, but I want to put it out there for the people who are going to get it. And that is this. What is, for each one of your listeners, what is the likelihood that the job you have at this moment in time is the absolute best job you could have if you looked around? And I'm going to answer the question for you. The likelihood is very close to zero. There's almost always a better job out there for you and for everybody who reports to you. It's just that most of the time, if you're happy at work, you're not looking. Uh, but if, but when, when somebody decides to look, there's always a reason. There's always needs that they have that aren't getting met. It might be that they think they're ready for a promotion, and maybe you agree, but your business situation doesn't have, there is no promotion available for them at the time, but they know they're ready and they're looking around. They want a place where they can get that next career position. And, and I would not get upset at people about this. I know that everybody who has ever reported to me, I know one thing, they want the best for themselves and for their families. And the fact that they might be looking around uh, is not, in my opinion, uh, evidence of disloyalty. That's not disloyal behavior. I never label it as such, and I never talk badly about somebody who left or who's looking around. And and I've always said to people, listen, I know opportunities are going to come to your attention. Go ahead and explore them. And if somebody else has a better opportunity for you than I can give you at this point in time, given our business situation, I want you to have it. I mean, I've always wanted the best for anybody I've worked with, whether they reported to me, whether they didn't report it to me. If I care about them, I want the best for them. And if somebody else has something that's really good for them, I want them to have it. And when they leave, it's kind of a graduation. They go with my blessing because this is going to be good for them. And I hope I've had, I've had some, some uh, small uh, contribution to getting them ready for this new position, whatever it might be. And I'm at least going to be on their side. Now, and when I don't badmouth them after I leave, 
who knows, maybe a year from now, I'm going to have a position that's good for them. And if I've been positive about them and supportive, and I've maintained a good relationship with them, they might be open to coming back at some future time. But when they're out there in the community, I can assure you, they're going to be saying good things about me, and I'm going to be saying good things about them. That is, in my opinion, the healthy way to approach people who leave and even people who are looking around. And I've had many instances in my career where people have come and said to me, listen, I'm looking around and I actually help them. I say, go ask these questions. And sometimes they get great answers to those questions. Uh, And as I say, but I've got now advanced notice that they're looking around and I'm and I'm up front with them. I say, you're looking around. I'm, I've got to make sure I've got a successor for you. And we look. And so I'm going to start looking both internally and externally uh, because and I appreciate your your letting me know. So I'm up front with them about the fact that I'm going to do that. And that's always OK with them because, you know, it's, it's worse to do it behind someone's back. So well, shaping uh, shaping that kind of culture positions you to be able to. Uh, help them achieve their goals and as their manager help you achieve the goals that you have for the team and the department that you manage because as you said you do need to make sure that you have someone ready to step into that role if that person is at risk of stepping out it also if that kind of communication can happen up front while they're still still thinking about it and haven't made a decision it gives you the time and space to potentially create a growth opportunity for them that would entice them to stay. Yes, absolutely. Good point, Kim. Well, I think, you know, that's the power of, you know, it's about keeping that door open um, for the future. And, you know, if you're thinking about from an attitude of plenty, it's, it's about the future now. If this person's starting to look around and, you know, can you keep them or, you know, can you get them back, as Larry was saying, at some point in the future or get referrals from them, whether business or recruits or whatever that might be. Um, you know, the negativity never helps. It never never goes a positive direction. Kyle, you make a good point. You you have to, you don't have to, but if you embrace this, you will be coming from an abundance mentality. Yeah, it's much better stated than the way I said it, Larry. That, that's what you said. I just didn't use the, the, the great word. So, um, you know, the show is almost done today, and, and I, I'm looking at our schedule. Um, you know, I'm seeing that next week we're going to be doing a repeat show because it's Thanksgiving, and so I know everybody will be listening in to, you know, next week, uh, but I plan to be in some sort of tryptophan-induced sleep state or watching football during the show, uh, so we've got a repeat show on the growth formula next week. So are you watching the Huskers? Are you going to torture yourself? Uh, no, they play on Friday, not okay, Thursday, right. so it'll be, some, it'll be probably the Cowboys or something because that's the only thing that's ever on. Um, but the week after Thanksgiving, we're going to have a great show. Um, it's, it's already planned. We're going to be focusing on embracing change and gaining buy-in. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a, a teaser for that show? Uh, yes. Uh, the pace of change has accelerated to such a degree that the old notion that there are times when an organization is going through change and then times when it's just kind of coasting along and then there's another time when you're going through change, that that's the old world. In the, in the new world, there's one disruption after another. It's just uh, change after change. Yeah, and so when you've adjusted to the last big change, the next one comes and there isn't any coasting. So we all have to embrace the reality 
that you can like it or you can not like it, but constant change is here and you have to adjust to that reality. All right. Well, that's our show for today, folks. Um, you know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the opportunity to moderate Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work with both you and you, and you Larry, and, and Kim. And for all of our listeners, of course, who uh, we wish you a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And if, if you like what you've heard today, you should consider having Larry come speak for you, as I said earlier. Or go buy a gaggle of books for all of your managers. Uh, as I said, there's a great big discount at 800 CEO Reads. Thank you so much for listening to Managing Make a Difference. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.